everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today I'm excited to dive into a topic that can be so confusing for us as Christian women, and it's the topic of modesty. But I don't want to just talk about modesty in the way that many of us have always heard about it, where it's just kind of a list of things we should and shouldn't be doing. I want to talk about the beauty of true modesty. 1 Timothy 2.9 says, In like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with propriety and moderation. And to adorn in this verse means to arrange, to embellish, and to showcase honor. I think it's amazing that the Bible uses the word adorn when it describes modesty. Modesty is actually something that a woman can adorn herself with, and it makes her more beautiful. And true modesty really is meant to make a woman more beautiful. It is so much more impacting to see a woman who has true modesty and true beauty than a woman who has elaborate jewelry and trendy hairstyles, as the verse goes on to talk about. Now, we often think of modesty as the opposite of being beautiful because the culture has convinced us that the only feminine beauty that we can showcase is sensual beauty. But the reality is that God has an entirely different kind of feminine beauty, and it's not drab and legalistic like many of us have seen in the church, it's also not the sensual, selfish beauty that we see all around us in the culture. It's a beauty that reflects the beauty of Jesus Christ, the beauty of heaven. So I want to go into true modesty, the kind of modesty that actually makes a woman more beautiful. Maybe it's just not something you've ever thought about before, but it's actually an incredible thing to realize, and it can be such a liberating thing for a Christian woman to realize that this is something that isn't a list of drab legalistic rules. It's something that enhances her beauty when it's done the right way. True modesty means keeping sacred things sacred. When we just carelessly expose things that are intimate and personal to anyone and everyone, we lose the feminine mystery and dignity that God designed us to have. I've talked to a lot of godly young men through the years, and they've expressed that they desire young women who are guarded and mysterious, and that that is so much more attractive to them than someone who is flirtatious and sensual, which is, of course, the opposite of what the culture tells us. But a truly Christ-built young man values a woman who protects and guards the things that are meant to be kept sacred. There is such a big difference between just dressing modestly and dressing with true, beautiful feminine mystery and dignity. Some women I've known have purposely made themselves as drab and as plain as possible in sort of this attempt to send a message that they're maybe more spiritual or holy because they're covering up every bit of feminine beauty that they possess, or I'm wearing this grim and gloomy expression because I want you to notice how holy I am. Now, these women may not be flaunting their figures, but they're still drawing attention to self just in a different way. And that's not actually true modesty. A woman who is walking in true modesty is both modest and selfless. It's not about hiding our femininity or hiding beauty, but dressing to reflect the joy and the radiance that God has worked within our soul. It's dressing to honor your husband or your future husband and the men around you. Our outward beauty is meant to be an expression of the inner transformation that Christ has made within our soul. 
We are actually called to put effort into our outward appearance, not for the sake of gaining approval and attention, but to show respect and honor to other people. And our goal in reflecting true modesty must be to point eyes to Jesus Christ and not to ourselves. And when we walk with that heart attitude, we naturally will exude true and beautiful modesty. So let's talk about some practical ways that we can cultivate this kind of true modesty. It's not the sensuality of the culture that's self selfish and flirtatious and sensual. And it's also not the legalistic, drab, gloomy, miserable type of modesty that we often see in the church, sort of stripping all femininity and beauty away and saying this is modest. There are some principles that can govern the way we approach this area of our lives to make sure that we are actually adorning ourselves with the right kind of modesty. And the first principle is becoming dead to the world. And that's a phrase that comes from an Amy Carmichael quote when she decided at the age of 17 or 18 that God was calling her to be dead to the world and its applause to all the customs and fashions and laws of those who hate the humbling cross. Such a convicting statement, and she lived her life that way from that age when God convicted her that she was to be dead to the world. But being dead to the world means not being concerned of what others think of you. You're not dressing to impress others. You're not acting to impress others. You're not thinking how you can promote yourself in another person's eyes. You're you're dead to the applause of the world, but you're alive to the applause of heaven. You're living for something beyond just the approval of those around you. Catherine Booth, who co-founded the Salvation Army, began to think through whether or not there should be a specific way that she should dress and that those who worked for the Salvation Army should dress. And she said this, it seemed to me that it was clear from the teaching of the Bible that Christ's people should be separate from the world in everything which denoted character and that they should not only be separate, but appear so. As I advanced in religious experience, I became more and more convinced that my appearance ought to be such as to show everybody with whom I came in contact that I have renounced the pomp and vanities of the world and that I belonged to Christ. Now, that is a really powerful principle of becoming dead to the world when it comes to your appearance. And it doesn't mean that you neglect your outward appearance. It means that you do not showcase the values of this world in how you dress and how you present yourself. You are showcasing instead the values of heaven. So those of us who have ever gotten caught up in just having to always have the latest trends and even lowering our standards for modesty because we just are so concerned about being trendy and looking a certain way, that's the opposite of being dead to the world. When you say, Lord, bringing glory to you and pointing others to you is actually more important to me than coming across as if I am trendy and fashionable and popular in the world's eyes. That's when we know that we have the right attitude towards being dead to the world in our appearance. When Amy Carmichael was older and God called her to minister in India, she was working with several young women who grew up in wealthy Indian families, and they gave their lives radically to Jesus Christ. One of the status symbols in that culture was wearing a lot of elaborate jewelry. And when these women gave their lives to Christ, they felt very convicted that they should give up their jewels because basically the jewelry was to prove their value, their status, to get people to applaud them. And they wanted to lay those things down and say, I'm only living for Jesus. I'm not living for the applause of the world anymore. And that was a decision that was so outrageous to Indian culture at the time because a woman's jewels were her security, her identity, and her 
way of being accepted by society. But this was one way that God was challenging these women to become dead to the world and its applause. And Amy wrote this about one of the young women who made that decision. She said it was a tremendous decision that she made at the foot of the cross that day. But absolutely nothing anyone could say could shake her. She had seen her beloved, her redeemer. On his brow was not a crown of gold, but of thorns. His hands and his feet were not jeweled, but pierced. She had seen him. Could she follow him adorned with gold? That is such a powerful story, and I think so convicting for us to take this area of our lives before God and say, are there things that have become my security and my ability to gain approval from this world, the way that I'm dressing, the way that I carry myself, how I follow the trends of this world? Am I willing to lay those things down in order that people would see you, Lord, more clearly through my life? Rather than showcasing the status and the sparkle of the world, these women in India desire to shine only with the radiance of Christ. And that is really the foundational principle of beautiful, true modesty, dressing and carrying yourself as a daughter of the king rather than a product of pop culture. It's laying down our pursuit of gaining approval of the world and living for his smile alone. So I encourage you to prayerfully take some time to consider the way that you dress, the the trends that you follow, how you carry yourself, and what your inner motives may be for those things. Does your appearance show everyone that you belong to Christ, or does it show everyone that you belong to this world? Now, that doesn't mean that you can't ever follow some fashion trend or wear something that's popular, but it has to do with how much you emphasize those things and if those things are actually a distraction from people people seeing Jesus in your life. And if you're really uh, valuing the things of this world in doing that, or if it's just uh, a part of dressing in a way that shows feminine beauty and dignity. Are there any jewels that Christ might be asking you to lay aside in order to better reflect his glory. And those things might be addiction to the latest trends, a, a craving for expensive designer jeans and sunglasses, or obsession with always having the latest technology so that we can show it off everywhere we go. Now, there may not be anything intrinsically wrong with designer jeans or new technology, but so many of us make these things part of our status and our identity. And that's when we know they've gotten out of their place. So are you willing to let your identity be found in Christ alone? Here are a few key questions that you can ask yourself. Does the way that I dress place value on the status symbols and materialism of this world? Am I so consumed with keeping my look up to date that I spend an inordinate amount of time and energy shopping and obsessing over what I'm wearing and always having to have the latest and greatest of everything? Am I insecure and uncomfortable if I'm not wearing every latest fad that's out there? Do I secretly look down on people who are not following all the current trends? And is there anything in my appearance that is sending the wrong message to the world about what my true priorities are? Now, it's very possible to dress stylishly and beautifully without being enslaved to worldly trends and status symbols. It's not more spiritual to be drab and frumpy, but it's important to recognize that it's not a woman's clothing or sense of style that gives her that beautiful grace and dignity that God designed her to have. It's Christ-like radiance that flows 
from the inside out. In light of eternity, things like clothing and jewelry are really trivial and meaningless. They're just tools that can be used to serve a higher purpose in our life, our calling to reflect Jesus Christ to this world. The moment we become servants of our clothing styles or our possessions or our personal look is the moment we stop serving Christ and we start serving ourselves instead. There's another great story from Amy Carmichael's ministry when she first went to Japan as a young missionary before she went to India. She was sharing the gospel with an old woman, and just when the woman seemed ready to give her life to Christ, she noticed the gloves on Amy's hands. It was a very cold day. She was wearing really expensive fur gloves, and the woman was fascinated by the gloves, and the opportunity to win that soul for Christ was lost because of it. And Amy wrote this, I went home, took off my English clothes, put on my Japanese kimono, and never again, I trust, risked so much for the sake of so very little. And that, again, is such a powerful story. She began to dress like uh, the culture that she was living in so that her expensive English clothes would not be a distraction to the gospel. So ask yourself, am I risking so much for the sake of so very little? Am I placing value on the temporary things of this world rather than the eternal things of God's kingdom? Am I bypassing opportunities to be an ambassador for Christ because I am too busy flaunting worldly status and style? The second principle is learning how to dress with dignity. It's so important for us to realize that being modest does not mean no longer being feminine or no longer being attractive. It means exchanging the culture's cheap counterfeit of feminine appeal and charm for the God-designed version of feminine beauty. Christ-built men are not just looking for girls who purposely drab down their feminine beauty or hide behind, you know, tent-like clothing. They actually desire young women who exude a loveliness and graceful beauty that flows from the inside out, a feminine dignity that is both modest and refreshingly beautiful. Now, the typical style that today's women dress in is either very sensual or very sloppy. And sometimes we fall into one of those two extremes. I think that if we exchange sensuality and sloppiness for true feminine dignity, where we're not just trying to draw attention to self, but we truly are wanting to give life and joy and happiness to those around us, and we're not wanting to distract with our appearance, then we'll learn the secret of dressing and dignity. And it's different for every person. Some people may feel convicted that they should always wear dresses. Some are comfortable wearing pants. But really the question is, am I reflecting a beauty that is not sensual? Am I reflecting a beauty that is radiant and Christ-like everywhere I go? And am I causing a distraction with being sensual or drawing attention to things that should be kept hidden? And when you ask those questions with a truly open heart, God will guide you in what that means specifically for you. So don't think in terms of just covering up your femininity or hiding femininity. Think in terms of dressing with true feminine dignity. And I know that as a homemaker, I always am challenged to dress with dignity, even when I'm just doing things that seem very mundane, like cleaning the house and serving my family. Because when I dress with true dignity, it gives me value. It reminds me of the value of what I'm doing and that everything should be done with excellence as unto the Lord and that I can serve my family in taking time to make myself look nice for my family. Now, that doesn't mean I always feel the pressure to look perfect, but just putting value on those things in the home makes a really big difference in the atmosphere that is created there. There will be times in our lives when 
God's priorities for us or our life circumstances don't allow us to really take time on our appearance. And we have to turn our attention to more important things. And when that happens, it's not something to become worried about. It's really not the clothes we wear, but the inner beauty of Jesus Christ that creates true dignity and loveliness. Anything that is on the outside should just be a reflection of what God has worked on the inside. Even in a prison cell or a filthy concentration camp, a set-apart woman can radiate with true beauty that doesn't fade away no matter how dingy her appearance may become because her beauty is flowing from the life of Christ within her. And that's what you see when you study the lives of great women who have gone through amazing suffering for the sake of Christ. But when you do have a choice, you can honor Jesus Christ and you can honor those around you by choosing to dress with dignity and forego sensuality and forego sloppiness. The third principle is to honor men by dressing modestly. And when we're talking about modesty, it really is a way to honor the men around us. So often we think of it as just a rule we're supposed to follow. It's sort of like if I'm modest, that means I'm being ashamed of being a woman. But really, it has nothing to do with that. It's showing honor and respect, first of all, for your husband or your future husband by keeping your body sacred and set apart for him. But it's also respecting the men around you by not putting a stumbling block of temptation in front of them. And so many women fall into this trap of complaining that men uh, treat them as objects and don't treat them with true value and don't treat them with respect. But so often those women aren't treating themselves with respect because of the way that they're dressing. So as I've said in previous podcasts, if we want men to truly rise up and be protectors and guard feminine honor, then we have to start by protecting our own. And remember, a woman who carries herself with dignity and true modesty is going to be treated um, with respect and honor far more than someone who carries herself with just carelessness and sensuality. So ask yourself, Lord, how can I really honor and serve the men around me and dress selflessly, not dress in the way that I may want to dress, but if I know it's going to cause a man in my life to possibly be led into temptation, I choose not to wear it, not to dress or carry myself that way out of honor and respect for him. And when you have that selfless attitude, God, that is something that God honors and he can show you exactly how to dress with feminine dignity and beauty without putting temptation in front of the men around you. We have several articles on setapartgirl.com that talk about modesty, and there's one specifically about overcoming excuses, because so often we have these reasons why we don't think the principle of modesty applies to us. You know, I don't want to be ashamed of my body, or men that need to be responsible for their own eyes, or God made me this way, you know, gave me this body shape, and I can't really help, you know, how I come across. And they're really, those are all questions that flow from the wrong heart attitude. We should be saying not how how little can I do in this area, but how far can I possibly go to honor Jesus Christ and honor those around me in this area of my life. So I encourage you to go to the setapartgirl.com and just type in modesty into the search bar and you'll be able to read some of those articles that can take these principles deeper in your life. Some final thoughts that I want to share with you. Modesty is protecting the sacred things. It's honoring what God has entrusted you with, reflecting him and not reflecting self, reflecting his nature and not the empty charm of the culture. Let him show you what that means for you specifically. And if you come to him with a truly surrendered heart, he will be faithful to lead you and guide you in a way that reflects the beauty of heaven through your life, through how you dress, and you will be able to adore 
adorn yourself with true modesty. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.